Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is here with me, and we're flipping over to the defensive side of the ball. We let off with the quarterback group uh, on these, uh, we call them summer sessions, uh, a look at each position group on LSU's team, where things stand, what's the future looking like, and maybe some predictions here and there uh, as well for you guys as, as uh, we turn the page to summer and uh, summer workouts and monitoring the Tigers uh, working with Tommy Moffitt and and in football school and the summer enrollees arriving and the transfers. Uh, so we're breaking down every position and um, we'll continue to uh, obviously track how these uh, position groups pan out uh, into the season and in fall camp. Uh, but Shay, let, let's go to, and I said this on the last podcast, I think this is the strongest position group, the defensive line. And, and the reason why is between the depth coming back and the starters returning and then adding in this influx of talent and like, like a Mason Smith. And then you get young players like uh, Jaqueline Roy, Jacoby and Guillory, PJ Ojolari. I just think this group is, it has all of the makings of, um, you know, uh, just a a really strong group, and uh, it's exciting uh, to think that as Durante Jones installs his new defense, um, that the, he's got this group to work with because I think this group will really make his defensive scheme go. Yeah, I vote. Well, I could reveal it on a later pod, but I vote my deepest, most talented. I guess that's different, but I'd say running back. But. Um, but yeah, I, I think D-line's right there. And, and I like a lot of the new guys and I like a lot of the guys who've kind of emerged over the last couple of years. You've got a, a wealth of seniors uh, or guys who were at least in, came back for another year. Um, so I like it. I think this is one that obviously Hope puts a lot of time into. And now I think too, that their recruiting is going to, well, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast, but their recruiting is probably going to go up another level too. And you've got a guy like a younger coach, a, a D-line coach like Andre Carter out there um, now, which is you know probably 30, 30 years younger. Uh, than Bill Johnson, if not more. Um, I, I like the future there. I know it puts a lot of time into it. I like this group. It, it's uh, We'll give some predictions here in a minute, but uh, I like one part more than the others. I'll say that. Yeah, and I mean, I think this group it, it has a chance to be really special. I do. I, I think with with the veterans coming back and 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 a real summer and, and a real chance to be in shape, um, the competition just seems really, really stacked there. Uh, let's get into some predictions right away and just not beat around the bush here. Uh, the defensive end spot. I mean, rushing the passer is such an emphasis for Ed Ogeron. It's why they went to the 4-3 originally with Bo Pelini. You know, that didn't pan out too well. But the defensive line did get some pressures, did get sacks. Um, that was a, a strong point in a way of the defense last year. So let's lead off with the pass rushers. I mean, who do you see really emerging uh, this fall and into the season at that group? Yeah. Okay. So I'll give my, I guess my predictions on starters here. This will be interesting. Let's, let's be uh, as bold here as we can be about this because Ollie Gay and Andre Anthony are both back as the two DNs. They started last year. You presume they're starting again. 
I think that then you see B.J. Ojolari as the only other proven guy. And when I say that I like one part of this D-line more than the rest, I like the interior more than I like the guys on the edge right now. Not that they don't have talent there. I just like the big three, which is Gay and uh, and Anthony and Ojolari. But then there's, you know, Jarrell Ch- Cherry's hurt now towards ACL and obviously doesn't appear to be – he'll be playing this year, at least not right away. Uh, Sony Fanua is a senior now. We haven't seen a ton of him. He's kind of position hopped. Uh, Desmond Little is still on the light side. We saw a bit of him uh, in the spring game, a bit of Philip Webb in the spring game as a DN, but you don't know what you can get out of those guys. And then you've got some new guys. Landon Jackson's been hurt, though, and hasn't been able to be, be out there. He's probably the most game-ready one. And then Xavier Carter and Savion Jones. I love Savion Jones. But we're talking about this year, I think so much of this edge rush you know, kind of production, the value you're getting out of the position will come down to Gay and Anthony and Ojolari. And if I'm predicting the starters, I guess I'll still keep Ojolari in that third down pass rush specialist type role. But I do think he plays a good bit. I think Gay could work himself into that first few rounds of the NFL draft potential, no doubt. I'm higher on Anthony than probably most people, at least that I can gauge off of talking to around town or chatting with on the board. And I'm talking about fans who are just watching as well. I think he had a great year last year. I think he brings you some veteran presence. He's a pure four, three DN, which was always out of position when they were in Aranda's defense. So uh, playing out of, you know, he's playing a stand up linebacker role. So I think hand in the dirt, he's at home. He's got a year under his belt of doing it. I like him a lot. I think he could be an all SEC type player for him. Not to call that prediction bold because Andre Anthony did put together a strong 2020 season and uh, is more at home. But I mean, I just think BJ Ojolari, his trajectory is really, really good right now. And I, so I, I'm going to go on. Out no on doubt. A limb. Yep. I, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb and, and, you know, maybe he ends up not being the starter. You know, Andre Anthony could be the starter, um, you know, it would, it would make a lot of sense, but I just see BJ Ojolari ending up you know, at playing the starter's share of, of, of snaps, I think over Andre Anthony, I, I think Ali Gay, uh, you know, has his role locked in. I mean, he's, he's just a beast. Uh, he's going to be, uh, I think a, a potential, uh, you know, top, you know, two round two to three range, uh, NFL draft pick. I think his athleticism is awesome and, and his motor and everything like that. He's just got to be more consistent. Uh, and that will come with, you know, playing more football. Uh, you know, he really is still a little raw and came from the junior college ranks, but has turned out to be a great, great player for LSU. So uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say B.J. Ojolari overtakes Andre Anthony, maybe in terms of snaps and just getting more of the lion's share of snaps over him. Um, I just think his explosiveness off the edge will be the difference in, in getting after the quarterback. So, you know, one thing I think that we saw and, and you know between the coaching staff raving about it we saw a little bit of it in the spring game you know this this interior of this defensive line is is strong you know glenn logan neil farrell return hopefully for neil farrell uh, and glenn logan they're both in much better shape which i think they will be then you saw joseph evans emerge and everybody raved about him and the work he put in and then jacqueline roy or jaqueline roy you know put in a lot of work uh, and and had a strong spring game jacoby and guillory uh, still kind of just waiting for him to emerge. And then you've got Mason Smith, uh, who was just a beast and and was kind of nicked up and limited for the spring game, so we didn't get to see it. Um, I, I think Neil Neil Farrell ends up being a starter there, and and Joseph Evans, you know, game one. I mean, I, I'm not sure what your take is on it, but it just seems like those two guys have, you know, with Neil Farrell, he's got enough buzz. 
uh, and he's going to be in much better shape. Joseph Evans has a ton of buzz and and was considered to be one of the best pass rushers on the team. And then Mason Smith, I feel like, is is your third guy in that group, you know, maybe edging out Glenn Logan, I would guess. Yeah, this is the well, – and Glenn Logan, see, has 30-plus starts under his belt. So I think this is one of the more intriguing position battles for me. You've got two starters. I can easily make a case that five guys could start. Glenn yep. Logan has 30-plus starts. Neil Farrell has 20-plus starts. Um, Joseph Evans has been – Coach O's favorite person to mention throughout the spring and got the nod in the spring game. Jaquel and Roy, when the lights come on, plays awesome. I mean, he was great to end the year last year. He was great in the spring game. So you know that he's going to be in the mix. And then Mason Smith is who they've been uh, talking up really throughout uh, the offseason. He was a five-star. He looked the part at 280, a clean 280. I mean, this is a kid who's not carrying around much fat. Uh, he could easily, and he will be playing a lot, but he could easily – earn himself a starting nod at some point. That's five guys. Then you've got Guillory. Then you've got Eric Taylor and Langston, uh, who Coach has talked a lot about, uh, is coming in this summer, arriving uh, to be part of summer workouts and will be a true freshman, obviously. So he's got time. Oh, man, if you're making me pick, I would pick, and I'm going – actually, I'm doing this similar like I did quarterback. I'm putting myself in the mind of Orgeron. He loves Joseph Evans, and it's clear that – he wants Joseph Evans to play a lot of football. I'll put him in that mix. I think that Mason or Roy will eventually be starting, and, and it might be this year. I think then you're picking out of one of the two other guys. Logan or Farrell, I don't know, a coin toss. I could see Farrell starting. I mean, it seems they like him. He's always played. He's got experience. Uh, so I'll throw those two guys. I'll say you're – your two starters will be Farrell and Evans. That's just a guess, though. I think it could be <laughs> any of the five. Well, hey, we're in agreement. We've got that going for us. You know, we, we got those two guys penciled I, in. I talked myself back into it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it, too, is, and, and we've seen this, you know, from time to time, is guys do emerge. You know, guy Neil Farrell emerged, uh, you know, and, and kind of started overtaking some of those guys on the 2019 team, if I, if I kind of remember uh, that. Joe correctly. Evans is doing it now. Yep, exactly. And and that's, you know, that goes into where this is Ogeron's position group, Andre Carter's position group, sure, but Ogeron's, you know, pet, pet position group. And that's why he's always going to have the competition. He's always going to be open to new guys stepping up and, and making the defense better because this group reflects directly on him. Um, and, and he's certainly got a hand in it. So I, I think you're going to see, you know, we'll see some, um, you know, shuffling maybe guys overtake. We'll see how that ends up. Maybe, maybe it's Mason Smith by the end of the year. That is just impossible to keep off the field. You know, I think he's still got some rawness to him that he'll need to hone in, but I mean, gosh, you just look at him and he just moves so well. You could see why he was a five-star prospect and um, you know, one of the highest recruited defensive linemen in the country. Um, who's, who's the best player on this defensive line for you? This is might be even an even tougher question. Maybe not for you, but uh, it could be. Would it? <clears throat> Does best mean the highest drafted? I, I guess it's like the same thing. Like we, who we has do. the most production? I mean, well, let's do that. Who's the highest drafted? Because if you're going for like the best being who produces the most, that's like saying the middle linebacker gets 110 tackles and he's the best player on your team. That's not always the case. So let's say that. Let's just say who do you think long term has the highest value? Well, we've got that to answer and who who's the biggest who's the best, so to speak, in 2021 overall. So we can kind of answer both. Okay. Um 
someone I don't even have starting, I get. I think Ojolari is their best defensive lineman. And I think he develops into more than just an edge rusher. He looks great. He's got insane testing. So you know he's got natural athleticism. His brother was a beast at Georgia. was just a high draft pick. I think he's the best. And Mason Smith is up there, like neck and neck. I would then go this year. I think Ollie Gay is their best defensive lineman. That's my guess for now. Ollie Gay is the best this year, and Ojolari is their best long term. We're we're in agreement, Shay. We are we are in Ooh. we're in lockstep on this pod. What a boring podcast for everybody to have to listen to with just us agreeing the entire time. Um, at least we got you know some some some. We didn't agree about quarterbacks. We yep, went we got we got there. we got differing opinions to lead off the pod. So it's good that we you know went with defensive line second. You know, not first. People probably would have been turning us off and unfollowing. But you know, I, I I'm I'm with you. I think Ojolari, you know, his testing numbers stand out. Uh, his his body's going to continue to develop uh, long term. He looks like a a real high draft pick type. You know, Mason Smith uh, as he continues to keep his body where he's gotten it to that is obviously key for him long-term with the NFL. I mean, the, his, his ability to move around is, is going to be something to that NFL teams are going to you know take a chance on. I mean, if Rashard Lawrence was a fourth round draft pick, I mean, Mason Smith's got a chance to be, you know, up there. I, I really do believe that. Uh, and that's, you know, with Rashard's health. I mean, I, I was a little surprised Rashard went that high, but um yeah, that was just off the top of my head just because we did the look back on the 2016 recruiting class this week. If you haven't checked it out on Go 24-7, that's a shameless plug. But, you know, I, I think Ali Gay, uh, again, another year of development. Uh, he's probably going to be your best player on the defensive line in 2021. You know, I think maybe a dark horse pick is Joseph Evans. Is the hype real? Um, that would be my only question. You know, we've seen Ed Ogeron hype up some guys and it not really turn out uh, well. Um, so, uh but yeah, I think the safe bet, Ali Gay, uh, is your best defensive lineman in the 2021 season, and then we're in lockstep with with Ojolari and and Mason Smith being those long term guys that will really stand out. And you know, this defensive line is in a really good spot long term. I mean, when you look at you look at the guys they have on scholarship in, in the younger group, um, with especially in the interior, right? You've got Joseph Evans, who's still just a sophomore, Mason Smith, Jacoby and Gillery, Jaquelin Roy, um, and then you you have your defensive end. You know, for the future in, in B.J. Ojolari, I think that's a group that still – defensive end is probably the biggest recruiting need in the 2022 uh, class just because you kind of, um, you know, have a situation in 2021 where you sign Landon Jackson. Um, you have Savion Jones, who I think is going to be a monster uh, for sure, but does he even – does he end up being um, – a defensive tackle does his body take him maybe inside a little bit that'll be something to watch he he really has the trajectory of, of an Ali gay like a strong side defensive end uh, in my mind especially once tommy moffitt gets a hold of him um, but when you look at this group uh, long term uh, bryce langston he could end up sliding inside i think 2022 they've got to hit on their defensive uh defensive end targets and and get some really really good ones because um Long term, you have a lot of unproven players uh, at defensive end, and and um, you know you've got Desmond Little, who looks like a I would say a project. Uh, you have uh, you know Landon Jackson, who's got to get healthy. Uh, Eric Taylor's even listed as a defensive end in a way, but he's probably more of an inside guy, hasn't done much. And then Philip Webb, 
um, you know, coming off the edge too. And does Xavier Carter end up a defensive end? I think that's a, you know, probably a good chance that both those guys are defensive ends. So still, you've just got to get more difference makers if you're going to be rush able to rush the passer like Ed Ogeron wants to. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement, I think. And look, at the end, I think if Landon Jackson does get healthy, if Savion Jones is a player, we think, if they can get something out of your, you know, Philip Webb, Desmond Little, Xavier Carter group of guys, um, that they'll be in good shape there, uh, you know, as they can. But like you said, continue to hit the DN recruiting. Uh, we know the big names. Shamar Stewart's in this class, uh, one of the top-ranked players overall, but certainly uh, one of the top defensive linemen. He could be that type of edge rusher you really want to be adding each year. Um, but beyond that, I'm I'm eager to see, because they only have one commitment right now on the D-line, and I think in a way that's a bit by design, because I think Orgeron and Andre Carter want to see a lot of these guys in person. So uh, believe that they will have a lot of guys in for camp. We'll see um, kind of where guys move up and down the board. But even when you look in Louisiana, Billy, Jamon Tapp, Quincy Wiggins, we're not even Louisiana, like within 20 miles of LSU's campus, there's four-star top 150 type DNs that have their stock rising. Uh, can you continue to get yourself into the mix with, um, you know, those guys? And, and there'll be more that emerge. So I'm excited this summer, every position group we talk about, it'll play into it. But finally, after a year plus of being able to see kids in person, work them out in person, it's going to shuffle up the board so much to where Orgeron and Andre Carter and Durante Jones is the DC. They'll all be able to say, hey, look, I like this guy, this guy. This guy's a lot better than we thought. This guy's not as big as we thought. Let's move him down some. And when that kind of shuffling happens, you start to pop commits. So they're not going to sit on one commit, Taiji Hill, for long. I bet by the end of June, they'll have uh, a couple of more guys in that boat with them. Yeah, and Taiji Hill has got to be somebody that, you know, I would consider locked in, you know, commits and Edna Carr kid, you know, he's not going anywhere in this class. I mean, barring something really crazy uh, happening, I would think. And then, like you said, Shamar Stewart, really highly rated, obviously five-star top 10 overall prospect. You know, can LSU pull that off? We'll, you know, we'll have to see. Um, Blake Baker's been involved, Andre Carter at Ogeron. I mean, they've they've been working him for a long time and they lead off on the official visit front with him. Omari Abor is, is somebody that I think is more and more interesting to watch as a target for LSU. Uh, Duncanville prospect, a five-star coming in on an official visit as well. Um, that I mean, physically speaking, he's probably one of the best looking prospects you'll see in this entire 2022 class. Uh, he is just put together um, like like you want. Um, and so he's a five star target. You mentioned Jamon Tapp and Quincy Wiggins. They've got to land those guys. They've got to continue to build that and, and keep that fence going up in Louisiana. Uh, and those two guys look the part too. multi-sport guys. Um, you know, Wiggins is, is chiseled. Jamon Tapp has the frame that you just love and he could probably end up being, you know, potential defensive tackle type. And, and, and he's, you know, really been successful, uh, you know, in multiple sports. So you've got those guys in Louisiana, you've got some high end talent uh, that'll be on campus for official visits. Uh, you know, one, um, you know, prospect that I think is going to be interesting is, is, is shown Washington, you know, does he end up back in the class? Um, he's at Warren Easton, uh, in-state kid, you know, does he end up back at, 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 in the class as a defensive tackle? And then they also have Dominic James uh, out of IMG Academy, a four-star top 150 prospect on 24-7 sports set to officially visit in mid-June. Ohio State leads off with a visit there, and then South Carolina finishes up right after LSU. Um, so that's another prospect to watch on defensive tackle. But, you know, 
it's it's a position kind of similar to to the quarterbacks. You know what we were talking about with the 2023 class. How does uh, Andre Carter and you know, granted again, this goes back to being at Ogeron's type of you know position group too. How does Andre Carter eval? Uh, how does he offer? You know, who does he prioritize and and work with Ogeron to to pick out who they're going to go hard after? Especially kind of I think more so at defensive tackle out of state who they try to round out that group with. Um, but they've got to hit on defensive ends. They have to, have to, have to get a difference maker. Omari Abor would be a great place to start. You know, Shamar Stewart's going to be tough to land. Um, but obviously, if they can get him, that would be awesome too. Um, and then keeping Quincy Wiggins and, and Jamon Tapp uh, is, you know, top list of priorities on the recruiting front. So defensive line, going to be interesting to watch on the field. However, that rotation ends up. And then on the recruiting front, uh, who they prioritize, uh, you know, outside of the clear cut top guys will be an interesting follow as well. So we've gone on long enough. Want to remind you guys, uh, time is running out on the two months for just a dollar deal on go247.com. It ends Friday night. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, just ahead of Memorial day weekend. So be sure to check that out for just a buck. You can get covered through fall, through, um, summer camps, official visits, all of that. It'll be a great time to be on the site. If you're a longtime listener, not a subscriber to go 247com Check that out. Trust me, it's worth it. I promise. For Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody, though. Hope everyone has a safe Memorial Day weekend. And, and Shay, actually, what, what are your Memorial Day weekend's plans? What do, you, what do you got going on this weekend? I don't think I have anything massive planned. It will probably go hang out by the pool, do something. I was debating getting over to Bay St. Louis to my parents' camp and go out on the boat, but not sure if uh, I'm going to be able to swing it. But then next week, I will be at a bachelor party in Denver. So maybe I'll save my energy through Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, you know, as, as we get older, we've got to save the energy for the big weekends. Yeah, I'm going to be parked on the beach, chilling, you know, grilling, all those things, enjoying hopefully some good sun down here in Florida with the folks. So for Shay Dixon, like I said, I'm Billy Ambody. Hope you all have a safe and uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.